Welcome to Lessons from the Helpful Dead, where you'll learn the world is not what it seems and you are much more than you think you are. Here you'll learn about positive and reassuring messages from supposedly dead people whose main purpose is to help us. Find out what happens after we die, why we're here, how we got here, where we're going, and discover that you are really a powerful eternal spirit. I'm Dan McEnany. Today we'll talk about a few things, and the first is the remarkable memory of consciousness units. Let's see what the entity Seth has to say about them. He said, the cells, of course, are always changing. The atoms and molecules within them are always in a state of flux. The consciousness units that are within all matter have a memory bank that would far surpass any computers. As cellular components, the atoms and molecules therefore carry memory of all the forms of which they've been a part. At deep levels, the cells are always working with probabilities and comparing probable actions and developments in light of genetic information. The most intricate behavior is involved and calculations instantly made, for example, before you can take one step or lift your finger. Think about that. Wow, before you can take a step or lift a finger, there's all kinds of calculations made by these consciousness units that are in your body. But this does not involve only the predictive behavior of the physical organism alone. At the deeper levels of the cellular activity, this includes making predictive judgments about the environment outside of the body. Now, the body obviously does not operate alone, but in relationship with everything about it. When you want to walk across the room, the body must not only operate using hindsight and prediction as far as its own behavior is concerned, but it must take into consideration the predictive activity of all the other elements in the room. So, at basic levels, the motion of a muscle involves the motion of cells and of cellular components. Here I am saying that the atoms and molecules themselves, because of their characteristics, not only deal with probabilities within the body's cellular structure, but also helps the body make predictive judgments about entities or objects outside of itself. Imagine that. These tiny little consciousness units of which we're not aware, and I guess there's zillions of them, they're making... um, predictions and they're looking at all the different probabilities not only about what goes on inside our bodies but what goes on all around us so he goes on you know that a chair is not going to chase you around the room for example at least the odds are against it you know this because you have a reasoning mind but that particular kind of reasoning mind knows what it knows because at deeper levels the cells are aware of the nature of probable action The beliefs of the conscious mind, however, set your goals and purposes. You are the one who decides to walk across the floor. And then all of these inner calculations take place to help you achieve your goal. The conscious intent, therefore, activates the inner mechanisms and changes the behavior of the cells and their components. Now, did you realize that? Did you ever think about it? So you set your goals and purposes a zillion times a day uh, with your conscious mind. But every time you do, and you do something, then more zillions of these consciousness units are weighing calculations, weighing probabilities, deciding what's going to be uh, happening, uh, both inside the body and out. 
and it's uh, making predictions about various things in your environment. Uh, it's amazing all the calculations that go on just for anything you do during the day. That's quite impressive. So next time you walk across the street or walk across town or walk across the room, uh, you can give credit to the, all the consciousness units that make up your body. I should say all the consciousness units that propel your body. Now here's another related thought that you probably have never given any consideration to. According to the entity, set the goals set consciously by your species, that's our human species, also set into operation the same kind of inner biological activity. And here's the important point, the goals of the species do not exist apart from individual goals. As you go about your life, therefore, you're very effectively taking part in the future development of your species, period. Let's look for a moment at the private psyche. The private psyche sounds like a fine term, but it's meaningless unless you apply it to your psyche, which would be a combination of your uh, inner self and big self. A small amount of self-examination should show that in a very simple way, you're always thinking about probabilities. You are always making choices between probable actions and alternate courses. A choice presupposes probable acts, each one possible, each capable of actualization within your system of reality. It's interesting because a TV commentator I listened to last night made this very point that your whole life where you are is a result of all the decisions you've made up to that point. And uh, Seth goes on. Your private experience is far more filled with such decisions than you usually realize. There are tiny, innocuous instances that come up daily. Shall I go to the movies or bowling? Shall I brush my teeth now or later? Should I write to my friend today or tomorrow? Should I call or text somebody right now or wait an hour? There are more pertinent questions having to do with careers, way of life, or other deeper involvements. In your terms, each decision you make alters the reality that you know to one degree or another. So the big idea there is that when you set your mind on something, and then when you take action to achieve your goals, however big or small they may be, you are actually participating in the future of the entire species. Because remember, the goal of the species, the goals of the species, they don't exist apart from your individual goals. You're playing a big part in the future development of the human species. And then Seth suggested a, a practice exercise. He said, keep notes for a day or so of all the times you find yourself thinking of probable actions, large or small. In your mind, try to follow what might have happened had you taken the course that you didn't take. Then imagine what might happen as a result of your chosen decisions. You're a member of the species. Any choice you make privately affects it biologically and psychically. When he says it, he means the entire species. You can li literally choose between health and illness, between a concentration upon the mental more than the physical, or upon the physical more than the mental. Such private decisions affect the genetic heritage of your species. 
Your intent is all important, for you can alter your own genetic messages within certain limits. You can cause a cell or a group of cells to change their self-image. For example, and again, you do this often, as you healed yourself of diseases because of your intent to become well. The intent will be conscious, though the means may not be. Period. In such a case, however, the self-healing qualities of the cells are reinforced, and the self-healing abilities of the species are also strengthened. Now, you might remember that uh, Seth, uh, in the past, has said that we heal ourselves of illnesses that we're not even aware of. That is, the body self-heals, you know, heals itself of illnesses that we aren't even aware we have, illnesses and diseases. And the last idea I'll address today is one that I have mentioned in the past, and that is uh, dreams and probabilities. But here is what uh, Seth says. Your private psyche is intimately concerned with your earthly existence, and in your dream state you deal with probable actions and often work out in that condition the solutions to problems or questions that arise having to do with probable sequences of events. On many occasions, then, you set yourself a problem. Shall I do this or that? And you form a dream in which you follow through the probable futures that would result from the courses available. While you are sleeping and dreaming, your chemical and hormonal activity faithfully follows the courses of the dreams. Even in your accepted reality, then, to that extent, in such a dream, you react to probable events as well as to the events chosen for waking physical experience. Your daily life is affected because in such a dream you deal with probable predictabilities. You're hardly alone, however, so each individual alive also has his or her private dreams. And these help form the accepted probability sequence of the following day and of, quote, time to come, close quote. The personal decisions all add up to the global happenings on any given day. So the personal decisions all add up to the global happenings on any given day. Think about that. Think about 9-11, and somehow all of the accepted probability sequences that uh, zillions of us thought about, well, they all added up to the global happenings on 9-11 as well as any other day. And here I'll also give you a personal example. Uh, many, many years ago, I worked uh, in, in Manhattan for a, a very small consulting firm. It was just myself and another couple of fellows. And uh, I had to make a decision whether to stay there or go to a larger place where I'd have more interaction with others. And in a dream, I experienced such a great sense of loneliness if I were to stay there. If I were to stay there, I just felt this loneliness. I, I, I can even feel it today, many, many years later, um, that then when I woke up, I realized I needed to change uh, or I would become a very, very lonely person. And so indeed, I did make the change. So it's uh, just one personal example of how uh, working things out in my dreams resulted in actions uh, the next day and in subsequent days. I'll finish up now with uh, these remarks by Seth. There are lands of the mind. 
That is, the mind has its own civilizations, its own personal culture and geography, its own history and inclinations. But the mind is connected with the physical brain, and so hidden in its folds there is an archaeological memory that's in the brain's folds. To some extent, what you know now is dependent upon what will be known and what has been known in your terms. The, quote, past, close quote, races of men live to that extent within your now, as do those who will seemingly come after. So ideally speaking, the history of your species can be discovered quite clearly within the psyche. And true archaeological events are found not only by uncovering rocks and relics, but by bringing to light, so to speak, the memories that dwell within the psyche. So what he, the point he's making there that is that on deep levels, we are affected by the past races of men and the future, and women, of course. To one degree or another, they influence in our brain today. Right? The, and the, the mind influences the brain in our, to, right now, today, with uh, memory of uh, future and past, and with memory of the actions taken and probabilities pursued by future and past races of people. I've never really thought about that before, but uh, it is very, very interesting to contemplate. You might want to do some thinking about it yourself. That plus the fact that whatever you do, whatever you think, you are contributing to the experience of the entire human species. Well, that's it for today. Uh, Again, I'm Dan McEnany, bringing you lessons from the helpful dead.